Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 2, Threshold. Woo! The day we get Teal'c back. Yay! Yay! But yeah, this this is a very important episode on a lot of levels. So the so reason- this one is not present. Yeah, and this is the one that's missing from Amazon Prime, which, like, if you skip from one to three, you will be very confused <laughs> if you've never seen the show before. Because, yeah. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. It will definitely seem like something is missing. Definitely. I mean, three is a really good episode, but you'll be confused about why Tilk is the way he is. Anyway. But then you can make your own fan fiction, so. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so this episode originally aired on July 6, 2001. It was written by Brad Wright and directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter DeLuise, Christopher Judge. Yay! <gasps> what? Yay! And James Titchener, visual effects supervisor. Yay. Does um does Peter DeLuise make a cameo? Ish. Ish. Oh. <laughs> not, not in person, but... He's he's there, but not in person. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, all right. So sort of yes, his left hand is in a scene somewhere. Not even that. No. Okay. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. Um, so in this episode, Tilk may have been rescued from the evil Apophis, but his mind remains loyal to his old master. Braytax suggests an ancient Jaffa ritual called Malsharan, a process which could bring Tilk back to his senses or end his life. Dun, dun, dun. So ultimately, my question about that whole process mm-hmm. is, I mean, obviously, they don't want people to uh, not be brainwashed if they if they believe in a pavis. So where would that ritual have even like come from as an ancient ritual? That's, what is it normally supposed to do? That is a very good question question and I have never thought about that question before so I do not have an answer for you at right. this point in time all right well we can think about it as we go yes mm-hmm. maybe we'll maybe we'll come up with an answer as as we go through this all right okay cool okay so we open on a shot of Tilk meditating in a secure room at the SGC Jack and Hammond enter with Dr. McKenzie and Tilk is seems to be his old self once again, he's like, he's renouncing the ghoul as false gods, pledging his allegiance to Jack and the SGC in hopes that he will one day be able to be proven to be trustworthy once again. Uh, I will say they did mention in the commentary that this kind of was originally what the resolution to the Tilk brainwashing plotline was supposed to be. It was just sort of supposed to be like tacked on to the end of the first episode and like that was it. But then when Peter heard oh. that, he was like, oh no, oh no, no, no. Like there's, we, this needs to be like a whole episode. So... They, I'm I'm very glad this wasn't just sort of like shoved onto the end of something and really was its own full episode. Oh so. yeah, especially if there was that poignant line of "You have his body, but you may not have his mind." Yes, yeah, so kind of thing. Yeah, yes. Um, so so they leave that room and they meet up with Braytac. Yay! Great to see him because the last time we saw him was back at the end of season three in Maternal Instinct. And if you remember in Serpent's Venom, Tilk was told that Braytac was dead. I mean, I don't think any of us believed Braytac was actually dead, but you kind of never know because we hadn't seen him in so long. So, but yeah, yay, Braytac is still alive. So, never believe Braytac is dead. No. 
Uh, and, you know, T Tilk greets him very warmly. Braytac returns the greeting at first, but then something makes him realize that Tilk is, like, faking it and is, like, basically announces that to the people who are staying there. So Tilk breaks away from Braytac, runs down the hall where he sort of, like, body checks a couple of guards, but then is stopped by Sam with a Zat gun at the ready. Daniel's there and a couple other airmen who are also armed. So Tilk turns back, stopped by Braytac and Jack and Hammond and everybody there. He yells, Shova at Braytac charges at him. Braytac zaps him and he falls to the floor. Braytac rushes over and removes Tilk's symbiote, saying, if Tilk won't hear the truth in words, he must learn of it another way, the only way left to us. And he holds up a not really great CGI-looking symbiote that starts squawking as we cut to the opening credits. And we never figured out what that sound was. Nope, we still don't know. So no. if you're new and if, if for some reason this is the first episode you're listening to, if anybody out there knows what sound effect is used for the squawking of the Gould symbiote, please let us know. Because it is the undying question of this podcast that we will be asking until the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, up in the briefing room, Braytac is explaining what he's hoping to achieve here. He calls this the right of Mal Sharon, which Daniel translates as the last right. Uh, it's basically an extreme version of one's life flashing before their eyes as they approach death. In doing this, Tilk will relive all of the events that brought him to this point in time. So like all the stuff about learning, realizing that the ghoul aren't gods, all the stuff he's done with SG-1, et cetera. And hopefully that will be able to like break through the brainwashing and reveal the truth back to him. Braytag says he has done this twice with other Jaffa, though neither lived in the end, but he is sure that they died free. And he, he owes Tilk at least that much to at least try this because he knows Tilk would not want to live as he is now. True. Fair enough. Yeah. So in the infirmary, we see Junior floating in a tank of the ghoul liquid that they have there. There's candles all around. And Dr. Frazier is doing his doing her best. His best. <laughs> Dr. Frazier is doing her best. But basically, Tilk is dying without his symbiote. And she wants to put Junior back in. And Braytac's like, you can't do that. And Jack is like, yeah, Hammond has agreed to this, that we're going to be doing what Braytac wants to do. So she's like, all right, I'm going to go take this up with Hammond then. And Braytac is like, no, you need to stay here because Tilk is going to need you like in the coming hours. Like He's going to need the strength of all his friends and loved ones around him as he goes through this. And she kind of acquiesces but you can tell she's she's really not thrilled about no this. this is not she no she does not like this one bit no no uh Braytac uh goes to speak to Tilk who like Tilk is like strapped down to a gurney like like around the throat the arms probably around the waist legs ankles he's like strapped in to this gurney um Tilk snaps awake starts like disparaging everybody yelling calling Br Braytac, a shilva, posturing that like Apophis will save him, to which Jack goes, I'm 100%, 99% sure that Apophis is dead. And I just like, you you do kind of have to quantify that at this point in time, because you just you never know, based on past events. Um, Braytac kind of like, like grabs his face and starts like yelling at him to remember as he invokes flashback number one. It, uh, this is a really interesting journey of seeing... Seeing Teal'c's backstory, his origin yes. story, really. Yes. And this was something that, like, Peter DeLuise was really excited about, especially because in Children of the Gods, it's just you have this guy who's, like, the, the right-hand man of this very evil dude and then suddenly out of nowhere switches sides. And we never – this is really the first chance we get of why Tilk did that. 
we haven't really gotten much of like he's said things here and there but being able to actually see everything really fleshes out Tilk's character a lot that I think we needed really at this point yeah what we really need is a spinoff of Braytex origin oh, story that would have been cool huh? young, yes. young Braytac yeah. young Braytac young Braytac that would be cool yep would have loved it Okay, um, so we go into flashback, and according to the commentary, the sort of blue, bluish-gray tint that's given to the flashback is based off of the opening scene of Gladiator, that, like, big battle in the woods there. They kind of, mm-hmm. like, just liked how that looked and was a way to also help visually differentiate flashbacks from present time. So that's where that came from, in case you yeah, care. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this first flashback seems to be the first time that Tilk meets Apophis face-to-face. At this point, Braytac is Apophis's first prime, and they've apparently just won a battle against another ghoul. So Braytac takes Tilk and two other Jaffa, who displayed great skill and cunning during said battle, to meet Apophis. Uh, Apophis takes an interest in Tilk, and Braytac calls Tilk his apprentice and successor if Apophis approves. So Braytac is already sort of grooming Tilk to be the next first prime. Uh, Which I thought was an interesting concept, you know, like the concept of having Jaffa retirement was an interesting concept to me that I never really thought about until this point in time of having an apprentice kind of move up under a master and then what eventually happens to the master because I always just kind of thought of them, you know, being first prime until you die. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what the retirement package is for a first prime. Yeah, and I I had that thought a bit later in in the scene in the other flashback where Tilk comes like running up after he's been made first prime. It's like Braytac is still first. Like, are there two first primes now? Like, what happens to Braytac then? Right. Like, yeah. yeah, I kind of wish they had answered that because that is still yeah. like what is, what does that mean for Braytac? <laughs> Who is Braytac yeah. now? What know. is what is the plural of first prime? First. Prime or first, first primes? First prime or first primes? I think or, first primes. How does that even work? Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I, it doesn't really sound like that would be good for Braytech once that happened. So, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know why Braytech would think that having that surprise would have been awesome. Yeah, I don't know. But the, 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 that's what's happening here. So, um, so Pafis wants to know about Tilk's father. Uh, Braytech starts to speak up, probably to like try and downplay like the true story about Tilk's father that we already know about. But Apophis shushes him and demands Tilk tell him himself. So Tilk tells the whole story about his father being killed for not winning an unwinnable battle and their banishment to Chulak. Uh, Tilk actually stands up for his father here when Apophis starts to like disparage him and is like he should have died on the battlefield and all of that. And even Braytac kind of tries to get Tilk to, like, shut up. Like, you're pissing off Apophis. Like, stop talking. But he doesn't. And, I mean, I really like that about Tilk. That even in the face of, like, his god, he still stood up for his father and was like, no, my father was a good man kind of thing. Right. I thought was great. Um, mm-hmm. So the encounter ends with Apophis breaking out the hand device and using it on Tilk to torture him for uh, insubordination, something. I don't know. Boo. Uh, so back in the present day in the infirmary, uh, everyone aside from Braytac is looking a little uneasy about this as it's very difficult to see their friend going through such immense pain, both like physically and like mentally and emotionally. And Braytac just calmly explains that like, this is what must happen. He knows it's strange and not what they would do, but this is how it goes. So 
they decide to believe in him and trust that this will work to bring Tilk back to them. Uh, Braytek then mentions about being tired from the long journey and that some Kelno ring would do him good. So Jack asks Sam to show him to a VIP room as Braytek encourages them to like stay and talk to Tilk and remind him of like what he actually truly believes and like who he is now. Uh, Sam and Braytek walking down the hall talking about like what's going on and Sam just reiterates how hard it is for them to see Tilk like this. And we also learn here that Tilk or Braytek believes he's nearing the end of his life. Uh, his symbiote will mature in the next two years and he won't take another. Even if he tried, it would just reject him. Uh, Sam, of course, wants to find a way to help, to which Braytek responds, life for the sake of life means nothing, neither for me nor for Tilk, which that is a very good point and a very good line. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, That's yeah, which, point. you know, agreed, sad, but uh, understandable in this yeah. situation. Yeah. So Jack and Daniel are still sitting with Tilk trying to decide who should go first. And Daniel and they're like, so Daniel's going to go first. So he like grabs a stool and sits down and just kind of sits there. And then Jack's like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. So, so they switch. So Jack sits down, starts talking to Tilk about how he has to be the most ineffective double agent in the history of ever. Because like what, what Tilk has been saying is I was deceiving you. I was never loyal to you. I was always loyal to Apophis and blah, blah, blah. Um, because that doesn't make any sense with like what has happened over the last four years. Like him being right. a double agent for Apophis is complete nonsense. It's not make sense when they've been trying to kill Apophis multiple times. Yes. Uh, so Tilk like mutters something and Jack leans in to hear better and we get flashback number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tilk is in the barracks after his encounter with Apophis, just like that one we just saw, and he tells his friend Valar that he got to meet Apophis as reward for his deeds in battle. And this confuses Valar because Tilk was practically unconscious when they brought him in, so how was that a reward? It's like, well, no, the meeting Apophis was a reward, but then Apophis punished him for being a loving son, is basically what he says. Um, Valar just reminds Tilk that he did well today, and if he continues to do well, he should live to see another day. So basically, Valar's kind of like, keep your head down, do what you need to do, and hopefully things will be fine. Fun fact, the guy that yells quiet off camera is Peter DeLuise. Oh, there's the cameo. Mm-hmm. There, there's another little thing later, which we'll get to. No. Okay. Left hand. No. Okay. Nope. Just All the right. voice and something else. Oh, okay. uh, so back out of the flashback, Jack... Uh, thinks he heard Tilk say Valar, while Daniel heard him say Valour, which I'm just, I'm confused why Daniel thinks he said Valour, because he, because Daniel's like, well, what does Valar mean? It's like, your friend's name is Tilk. You know a guy called Braytack. Like, how is Valar an odd ghouled word for you to get your head around? I, I didn't I quite understand that. Place. Yeah. Yeah, a place or a person like Chulak, Chapa Ai, Tilk, right? You have all these weird words. Why is vo- why is velour <laughs> more likely for the thing that Tilk said other than velar, which no is not an English word, but he's probably not speaking English. He's like in some he's on the verge of death. He's not going to speak he's speaking English very clearly. But so anyway, what in first hearing velar, what pops into your head? I mean, it does sound more like a place than a person. I will I will agree with that. So, yeah, I don't that, – that, that's the best I could get to is that, yeah, it kind of sounds like a place to me. Maybe yeah. another place on – I've never been clear if Chulak is the name of the city or the planet. Uh, you know? I mean, don't they usually refer to it as I was on Chulak? 
Yeah, so I guess so I guess it would be the name of the planet, possibly also the name of like maybe like the capital city, quote unquote, if you will, because that seems to be sort of the headquarters, right? If you will, so oh, maybe man. like Valar was just another place on Chulak. Can you imagine if there was a town called Earth on Earth? <laughs> well, there's Terra Haute. Yeah, but Terra is Earth. Yeah. So I don't know. There's also like you know the there's the Morning Chakma Groves and stuff so i don't know yeah maybe like yeah. valar was another place on chulak mm. maybe maybe all right uh so anyway so Tilk comes around and says that valar was his friend and that they trained together under Braytac. he then sort of notices that he's restrained and asks what's going on and again he starts sounding again like he's been reformed and that the ritual has worked and daniel asks about valar and Tilk tells him a bit and then he ends with he failed his god to which jack goes you mean that scum sucking overdressed boombox voice snake in the head latest on our list of dead bad guys uh yeah so Tilk takes the objection to that so yeah Tilk 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 is still faking unfortunately he's offended he's very offended He's still under the brainwash, so he starts shouting at Jack, yelling for Braytac, calling him Shova, and just being very mean and rude to everybody that's there. Uh, Dr. Frazier's keeping an eye on all, like, his stats and things aren't looking super awesome, so she starts an IV. And now we get flashback number three. Yay. Uh, we see Tilk shirtless and blindfolded in a snow-covered clearing, twirling his staff weapon. Uh, very Braytac- Star Wars-esque. Yes, very cool. Uh, Braytac then appears and shoves his staff into Tilk's back as he like activates activates it, kind of like shocking Tilk and effectively ending this training with Tilk quote unquote dead again. And Braytac's like, we'll continue training tomorrow. And Tilk insists like without the blindfold because he's like, I won't be blindfolded in battle. Like, why am I training with a blindfold? And so Braytac is like, oh, you think you can, you can best me. You want to challenge me? Okay. All right, let's do this. So they face off. They bow, and while Tilk is still in the bow, Braytac just bonks him right on the head with his staff weapon, which I love. And mm-hmm. uh, the fight is on. Tilk manages to block some of Braytac's attacks, but Braytac kind of like sweeps his legs out from underneath him, manages to get the best of him, and is like, should I kill you for real now and just put us all out of our misery? Is Apophis going to stop me from killing you? Because at this point, Tilk does believe Apophis would somehow stop Braytac from killing him. And Braytag's like, yeah, no, like in battle, you can't rely on anyone but yourself and your own like strengths and abilities. So we're kind of starting to, you know, let Tilk in on the secret of like the ghouls aren't what you think they are. Like you cannot rely on Apophis to save you because that's not going to happen. Right. Back in the present, Daniel kind of steps up and presses Tilk about the completely illogical statement of him never leaving the service of Apophis. But Tilk just says his faith in Apophis never wavered. And Daniel's like, well, it did. And Tilk's like, never, Apophis is a god, to which Daniel goes, dead, you know, false god, dead, false god, which are Tilk's own words on the subject, even if it maybe wasn't totally true at the time, because Apophis wasn't actually dead that time when he said that, but that's neither here nor there. The point is... You know every Jaffa carries a symbiote. How can every symbiote that all of the Jaffa across the galaxy carry be gods? That cannot be true. That cannot be a thing. And Tilk just yells, do not test my temper, woman. <laughs> <laughs> As we go into flashback like? number four. Yeah. And it raises what we have talked about before of if the Jaffa are so insistent that like, there are gods, they cannot die. 
What what do they think they're all like fighting for? What do you yeah. when when one ghoul defeats another ghoul, what do you think happens to them? I don't Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they I mean, they had to have seen ghouls die over the years. Cause you know, I'm sure there. I, I believe you know there are fewer now than there used to be. There's still a lot, but there's fewer. So, or and also, least, if ghouls don't die, what's what's the thing in the stomach for? Why do they yeah. need that if they live forever? Or at least they had to have wondered to themselves, hey, if nobody dies in this, why are we fighting? Yeah. <laughs> why are we dying if they don't die? I don't. Yeah. Really yeah. Understand. But that's yeah. when you would get that's when you'd get the back of the hand. Yes, or you know, the 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 hand device to the forehead and mm-hmm. bane. Immense bane. Mm-hmm. So back on uh, Chulak, flashback number four, uh, we see Tilk in his home with Dreok, and this seems to be the day that Tilk learned of Braytak's betrayal of Apophis. Whether I, I'm it's it's a little unclear if there was like any sort of like actual physical betrayal of some kind, or Tilk just learned that Braytak no longer believes that Apophis is a god. Like but there, there's some sort of betrayal that has happened of Braytak to Apophis that Tilk is now aware of. Um, so Dreok tells Tilk that he has to tell Apophis about this, but Tilk feels like he has to honor Braytak too, because Braytak is his master. So he's really torn here about what he should do. And so Dreok is like, let's go to bed. <laughs> okay, sure. Yep. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, my answer for everything. Yeah, I mean, isn't it everybody's? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sam comes back into the infirmary, and again, like, nobody's happy with what's going on. Uh, she goes to talk to Dr. Fraser for a bit, and, like, Junior's hanging in there, but if Tilk dies, then what happens? And, like, well, that's not Dr. Fraser's problem, because she'll have resigned by that point, which, like, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep, oh, yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yep. And, it, I mean, she does seem to understand what they're trying to do for Tilk, but she's also a doctor and her patient is dying. And it's just like, I don't, she's, she's like between a rock and a hard place kind of at this point. Um, so Jack and Daniel then tell Sam about like what's been going on that Tilk is sort of like in and out of consciousness and like saying things, but they're not making much sense. So something seems to be happening that could be part of this rite of Malcheron. Uh, they then decide that they'll take turns sitting with Tilk through the night. So Jack and Daniel are going to go get some rest. So it's Sam's turn now. All right. All right, let's go, Sam. Okay, so Tilk comes around once they're alone and begs Sam to save him. And, like, how can she just sit by and watch him be murdered for having faith in his God? And she tries to remind him of what he actually believes now. Like, you know, he believes in justice and freedom and protecting others from people like Apophis. But Tilk still isn't buying that that's who he is now. And he starts to sort of pass out again, saying he failed his God. And we get flashback number five. So up on Apophis' pyramid ship, Valar comes running up to Tilk. And Valar is kind of all dirty and scrubby. He's got like some cuts on him. So obviously there's some kind of battle going on. And Tilk is surprised to see him because he's supposed to be down on the planet fighting Ra. And Valar insists that they were too greatly outnumbered and there were, you know, a talk and like gliders coming out of everywhere. So he retreated to save the lives of his fellow Jaffa and to gather more troops to go back into the battle. Uh, my fun fact here that I looked up. So during this speech, Tilk mentions that Valar was given a battalion and like, how, why do you need more soldiers if you were given a battalion? So I was like, well, what is a battalion? Because I didn't know, like, how big is a battalion? 
Would you like to know what a battalion is? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So a battalion is usually 300 to 1,200 soldiers commanded by a lieutenant colonel. NATO defines a battalion as larger than a company but smaller than a regiment, while consisting of two or more company, battery, or troop-sized units and a headquarters. Um, which were kind of like, I think I get it, but then I found like a, a, a chart of the sort of hierarchy of an army okay. about like where a battalion is. I was like, that's handy. So here's mm-hmm. how that goes. So you have, starting at the top, you have like the, the field army, which is commanded by the general. So that's just everybody is the field army. Mm-hmm. From there, it goes down into the corps, which is uh, commanded by the lieutenant general. Then you have the division, which is commanded by a major general. The division then splits out into brigades, which are commanded by a colonel. Then you have the battalion, which is commanded by the lieutenant colonel, as we ha- saw. Oh, then crap. you ha- I, need to, I need to see your chart in front of my face. This okay. Is- <laughs> so <laughs> then from the battalion, you have a company. Then companies are made up of platoons, and platoons are made up of squads. Yeah. If you want, I can, I can share my screen with you very quickly. This will not be good for anybody that's listening, but <laughs> actually seeing what you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's share that. And can you see that? So. Aha! Yes. I can. So a battalion is sort of like kind of right in the middle of, in terms of like the number of soldiers in, in, in a, a, a fighting force, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah. I Everyone listening, I would actually look this up because looking at something <laughs> is very helpful. Yes. Um, I think if you just, I think I just Googled what is a battalion and it was in, like just in the image results for that. So, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Valar then begs for Tilk not to like badmouth him to Apophis. So, Tilk tells him to go wait in the quarters as he goes to speak with Apophis. Uh, up on the Peltac, Apophis is overlooking the planet with a very lovely matte painting, which is gorgeous out of like the window there, when Braytac and Tilk enter. Uh, Apophis asks who was leading the battle down on the planet, and Braytac confirms that it was Valar. And Apophis says, oh, he's returned in disgrace. And Tilk does speak up and like kind of try to save Valar's life here, trying to say that, you know, oh, no, this is actually part of a greater plan to retreat and then return with, you know, overwhelming numbers to further crush the enemy. And Apophis is like, is that what you would do? And Tilk is like, no, because he kind of learned from earlier with, you know, what he did after Apophis tortured him for telling him about what his father did. So Apophis is like, yeah, no, uh, not buying it. And so... uh, yeah, so he orders Tilk to basically take Valar back down to the battlefield and kill him there. So, so Tilk goes to get Valar from the barracks, takes him to the ring room in cuffs. When they enter, Tilk yells something, including calling Valar a Shulva, and the other Jaffa all like bow their heads. And according to Peter DeLuise, this was supposed to sort of be like Valar being shunned by all of the other Jaffa sort of what uh-huh. that thing was that was all about with like everybody just standing there with their heads down and like not looking at him was a, a shunning of sorts. The official you are dead to me. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he shows Valar into the rings, down they go. And, you know, Valar knows what's happening and you know, submits himself willingly to Apophis's punishment. However, <gasps> Tilk doesn't kill him. No, no. He tells Valar about a nearby village that he should go and like live there. Like, don't be discovered by anybody. Just go 
live there in secret and like just get away from here. Uh, Valar is like appalled and is sure that Apophis will know what Tilk did. And Tilk is kind of like, maybe let's find out. Will so, you know? Will you? Yeah, it's kind of like, Til- like Tilk is starting to have some doubts about some things. So I think this is actually a really good test. This is, I think Tilk is really smart here. So Valar eventually runs off. Tilk heads over to a nearby, almost dead Jaffa that belongs to Ra. If you, if it's kind of hard to see, but he does have the eye of Ra on his forehead as the forehead symbol because. Okay, it, I was wondering about that. Yeah, according to Peter, it was very important to him that Tilk not kill one of his own men, like they didn't kill one of his fellow Jaffa. Um, but in order to prove that Valar is dead, he needs the symbiote, so he takes it from one of Ra's Jaffa because he doesn't care about Ra's Jaffa. So back up on the ship, Apophis is there with a couple of Jaffa to greet Tilk upon his return. Tilk takes a knee, presents the symbiote that he grabbed from the dead Ra Jaffa to Apophis and telling him that the deed is done. And Apophis just smiles and tells Tilk that he did well. So, yeah. huh. mm. interesting. Apophis has no idea. The facial question on Tilk's face. I was like, oh my god, he believed me. He didn't know I was lying. <gasps> Tilk is getting some things confirmed here now about yep. what Apophis really is and is not. Uh, back in the infirmary, Hammond is now up in the observation room as Jack comes back. And you can tell that this is all just weighing very, very heavily on General Hammond. Like, this is just, like, one of the worst situations he could be in. Um yeah. Here's the other kind of Peter DeLuise cameo. Um, when the shot is wide enough up into the observation room of Hammond and Jack, the reflection of the candles at the bottom of the screen spell out PD. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, stop it. They do yeah. not. Oh. They do. Very My. obviously. Very obviously. Oh, uh. man. And I didn't uh, even notice it. Yeah. Well, because you're probably looking at Hammond and Jack, so... Well, yes, because they're pretty. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, Hammond is like, you know, if this doesn't work, they're going to end up having to put Junior back in. Tilk is going to be carted away to some high-security facility where he'll be put in solitary confinement until Junior matures in the next four or five years. And when that happens, as he kind of trails off, which we've learned in the past, once the Jaffa uh, once the symbiote of Jaffa carries matures, if there's no host for the symbiote to take over, it will take over the Jaffa. So, uh, and Hammond's just not going to let that happen. He can't no, let that happen. No, that's not very good. No. no. Uh, and now we get flashback number six. Woo! Uh, back in his home on Chulak, Tilk wakes up from a nightmare. Dreyok tries to comfort him, but he confesses that he just did something absolutely horrible. So some time has passed since that battle that we saw where he killed Valar and they had apparently gone back to that planet to sort of retake it. And Apophis ordered Tilk to burn one of the villages to the ground. In this village were innocent women and children that he keeps seeing their faces screaming. And also, surprise, that's the village Valar went to. (gasps) So Tilk burned everything and everyone to keep his secret safe from Apophis. Boo. Yeah, Dreyak tries to tell him that he had no choice. And he's like, but I did. Uh, and even if this was all to protect their growing family, because Dreyak is now pregnant, uh, he's just, he still feels just so ashamed about what he did. As though he should. He should. And it's a good thing he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then cut back to that snow-covered clearing. We see Braytak doing some sort of like kata-like exercise with his staff weapon that just looks really cool. 
when Tilk runs up, and Tilk has now been made Apophis's first prime. He's got the gold symbol back on his forehead. So again, like, is Braytac not? Like, how how does that changeover happen? Like, what is what does Braytac do now? I don't know. But Tilk seems very happy about this, and Braytac is not. He thought like Tilk was on his side with all of this stuff, and Tilk is like. If I don't believe Apophis is the god, how am I supposed to service his first prime? And Braytac kind of tries to convince him that like those two things have nothing to do with each other, and that Tilk is now actually the one with all of the power in this like relationship, if you will. Um, because as first prime, he can kind of bend Apophis to his will a bit and sort of pick and choose battles to try and save lives. And like this, that's what Braytac has been doing all these years. Like he did still have to do some really horrible things he didn't want to have to do, but to find those times where he can make a difference and save people and not like murder an entire planet. Also as a side note to that scene, I feel like Tilk should have been in way more pain. <sighs> yeah. Cause he did just have molten gold poured into an open wound. Yeah. That head. doesn't, that doesn't heal overnight. And so the fact that he's <laughs> like, look, look what I got. Like, have they not seen each other for like six months? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? it could have been some time if, if maybe there's some sort of ritual that has to happen before they get made first prime. And so he's sort of separated, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But he should have been way more pain otherwise. Yes. Um, so we cut to a prison on Chulak. And here we learn that Braytac was apparently present for the events of Children of the Gods. Because we, this is that prison where SG-1 were taken after they were captured. And Tilk points out SG-1 in the cell. And Braytac doesn't think much of them. But Tilk can see something there. He says, they know the taste of freedom. And Braytac just warns, your dreams of freedom will be your undoing, Tilk. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And... Uh, Back in the infirmary, Tilk is still really mostly unconscious and just whispers, what have I done? And starts going into defib. Like, his heart has stopped and, like, this this is it. This is the moment that, like, this whole thing has been leading to. So Jack grabs the phone, tells whoever answers to get Braytac down there now. Braytac runs into the infirmary as ja- as Junior is brought over to the bed and Fraser's going to put him back in. And Braytac is like, no, if you put Junior back in now, then, like, all of this was for nothing. Uh, Hammond actually agrees, tells Fraser to stand aside. So she does, but she does not like it at all. Nope. Uh, Braytac approaches Tilk, tells him to choose a life with freedom or to die as the servant of a false god. And we kind of flash back and forth between uh, Braytac basically yelling at Tilk to live and flashbacks of what happened in Children of the Gods. Braytac is like, you know, choose freedom, return to us the warrior we know you to be. But unfortunately nothing it's just a flat line and Fraser's had enough Braytac relents steps aside Junior's put back in but they waited too long Tilk is still like his heart's still not beating so they get the paddles shock him and Tilk remembers everything that happened the day he met SG-1 and then we get a sort of really quick rush through all of the major events of the last four years with Tilk and SG-1 and finally Tilk's eyes snap open and he says I choose freedom Yay! Oh my god, yay! Tilk is back. Braytech confirms it, and Jack's just like, but before we let you out, how how do you feel about Apophis? And Tilk is just like, false god, dead, false god. So Jack is like, good, good for me. Yep, got um, it, there we go. 
And we get like a shot of Hammond still up in the observation room for a moment, like looking like he's about to cry. I was about to cry as I was watching this and stuff. Um, but then Hammond comes down, thanks everybody for a job well done. Uh, Tilt gets released from his restraints, once again pledges his allegiance to the SGC and the people of Earth and requests permission to rejoin SG-1. And permission granted. The Yay. end. Yay. No oh, man. Yeah. So you know what I found interesting about <laughs> the flashbacks with him and Braytac him being mm-hmm. Tilk, was that you learn that Braytac was never actually trying to fight, you know, to get to the position to actually fight the Gould. He was always just kind of like, be stealthy, but use your own brain to save as many people as you can. Like, just yeah. get by. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, it is. It, it's almost a very sort of Tokra-like approach where it's like infiltrate, obfuscate, you know, save as many people as you can. Because, honestly, they probably wouldn't win a direct attack against a Gould, but right. they can save as much collateral damage as possible they right. they are able yeah. to do that yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah I just thought it was really interesting that he was never like oh, we should someday fight them the great rebellion like oh I yeah it, he was, was it was it was almost sort of more like he was trying to dismantle their support system of the Jaffa like that was sort of what Braytac has always been doing is he kind of realized at some point that the Jaffa are the real power of all the Gould so if we can get the Jaffa out of the way, then the Gould will just be nothing. So mm-hmm. let's do what we can there. And yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to know what all of the flashbacks were at the end? Like which, what every episode was. Because some uh, other people figured it out and went through the episode slow enough to figure out. Oh, which episodes yeah. We got because the they were, there were a lot. Yeah. Okay. So we had children of the gods. Family, Bane, Holiday, Crossroads, 1969, The Gamekeeper, Serpent's Lair, Singularity, Bloodlines, and The First Commandment. Were those all directed by Peter DeLuise? No. Because oh, Peter didn't come in until season three. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, final fun fact. This is apparently Tony Amendola's favorite episode, which I'm like, yes. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what other tidbits did Christopher Judge offer on the commentary? Anything fun? Um, Filming in the snow was a pain in the butt. Like, it was really cool, like, visually. um, But he didn't like it because he was really cold, as you can tell. So it was Um, real snow. Yes. And they were actually wanting it to, like, be snowing during that scene. But that unfortunately didn't happen until they yelled cut on the last shot of the day. And then it started snowing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a lot of praise for like, uh, like that scene when like Sam is with him in the infirmary. Like he had a lot of like really great things to say about like Amanda and her acting and like Tony and his acting. And Peter's like, yeah, when you have somebody like Tony Amendola on set, you just let, you don't do what, you just let Tony do what he's going to do and it's going to be great. Like, you don't need to, like, direct him, mm-hmm. really. Um, uh, flash lunch jokes. It's Christopher Judge. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, there was uh, James Titchener made the mistake early on, uh, like back at the beginning when uh, like they first like sat Tilk in the hall and Bright goes to pull out his uh, symbiote. James Titchener made the mistake of using the word penetrate. And oh, man. No. Yeah. So there were some there's a little bit of sex jokes from that point on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with like Tilk being tied down. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So episode title threshold. Um, yeah, there's there's a few meanings in, in the dictionary, um, but one of which uh, there's like a, a, a gate or door, like a physical threshold, which uh, you know till kind of it has to cross the threshold at some point, but also uh, the point at which a physiological or psychological effects effect begins to be produced. So I think that works for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like it. Um, we had some fun foreign territory titles this week which okay um in hungarian this was called final limit Mm -hmm. in italian it was called the return uh and then the next two i think are my two favorites in czech it was called on the doorstep of death Ooh, i like that Uh, and then in german they called it tilk's trial which i thought is interesting because it's sort of like a philosophical trial rather than like Mm -hmm. an actual trial so i like it yeah well done yeah. Well, then other title, other foreign countries. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that kind of ends this sort of three episode arc, if you will, starting at the end of season four and then these first two. And I mean, they've, they've kicked off season five. Like they, they went for it. They're not pulling punches at the beginning of the season. Good things yeah. to look forward to, huh? Oh yes. Very much. Ooh, yes. 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 So overall, so overall this, I mean, this, this is a good episode. This is, yeah, one of the best, I think, from this season. Yep, I very much liked it. No huge plot holes. Nope. To think of. No. Yeah. Some unanswered um, questions, but not plot holes. True. I will say. But that's okay. Unanswered questions are okay. Because if they answered every question, then you, we wouldn't have this podcast to talk about those things. Yeah. Yep. I still want to know what that ritual was normally used for. Yes. Yeah. The right... Yeah, I don't know. If anybody's there, if you have any ideas, like why why was the right to Malcheron created? Maybe it was at some point Jaffa had been brainwashed by other ghouls. You know, like Ra took some of Apophis's people and like brainwashed them to be like loyal to Ra. So they got them back and like unbrainwashed them from Ra's programming and put them back under Apophis's programming. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Something like that. Could Mm. be. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, If anybody out there has any ideas, write in. Let us know your theories. (laughs) About yep. what the right of Malcheron is for. Yes. So, okay. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, check the link in the show notes. Or you can send us an email at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Ascension. Bye. Bye. Bye.